0: this podcast is brought to you by toasted marshmallow adventures studio contact them at get toasted at toastedmarshmallowadventures.com for all of your podcast production needs i was in class constantly in trouble i was a problem kid i am 100 percent positive that i made it from kindergarten to seventh grade because the teacher literally did not want me in their class. Good morning and welcome to Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to our show, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo.
2: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Today, we get the pleasure of interviewing somebody that Amy and I have worked very closely um, the last two, three years. Uh-huh. He, he, he was in the Air Force. Um, he worked at Twin Falls before heading to California for a while. Been a supervisor as a, as a nurse. Uh, and then he became a, a nurse practitioner. And I want to say he got it through uh, this s- tiny school. From, called Duke. I don't know if anyone heard of that oh, school. Oh, yeah.
1: Nobody's heard of Duke.
2: I, I don't think anybody you know, it's one of yeah. those schools that, you know, not not many people know about. <laughs> only, uh, only the elite <laughs> crowd. Uh yes. but today he is uh one of the nurse practitioners um that works here in the Valley who I've been we both have been able to work with him very closely. Um and I've asked him to come speak with us because I feel like he can provide uh a lot of the insight, a lot of A lot of what it takes to get to where he's at, based on where you start. Uh, So today, Jay Hurst, nurse practitioner, here in Boise, Idaho. Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're
1: really excited to have you on our show today.
0: So with all the places that you said that I've been, as Amy said, I've I've been
2: around. Yeah, like (laughs) the airport. I feel like we
1: should play that song right now. I get around.
2: I'm surprised you even know that song.
1: Oh, no. We're not doing the age thing again. (laughs) Not going to go there. So, Jay, thank
2: you so much. Um, Amy and I have been trying to get uh, for you to come here for quite a bit. But uh, there's always the perfect timing of life. Um, And I think you're here at the right time. So thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about him, but...
1: We should just let him But interpret- we should
2: just let him do it, right? Let him so do it. So, Jake, how'd you end up back in, in, in Idaho? I know you were at Twin Falls, went to California.
0: Long story short, my uh, wife had the opportunity to take care of my mother-in-law who had Alzheimer's. Uh, I just completed some additional schooling. And uh, we decided to make the move to Boise to be able to take care of my mother-in-law. And... Got a great job. Everything just kind of fell into place. Providence.
1: And, like you, just, that. and you just stayed.
2: So tell yep. me, how'd you end up at, at Duke? Uh, which time? Oh. Oh, which time? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, tell, tell
1: us Well, about maybe both. we didn't do the introduction very <laughs> well. <Yeah. laughs> which time?
0: Okay. <laughs> so um, going back, uh, I initially got my nursing degree through college of southern idaho a small nursing school in twin falls idaho previous to that though i had already had my bachelor's degree in public health and health education through idaho state university after graduating from idaho state university though health educators really don't make a whole lot of money so i went and uh, traveled the world i taught english in taiwan Oh, wow. Yeah, it was awesome. It's probably one of my favorite jobs ever.
1: Do you speak their language?
0: I do. I speak Mandarin.
2: You should hear him talk. So I've heard you talk sometimes to patients. and I'm like, wow.
1: How do you say have a nice day in whatever, is that Taiwanese? Oh, Mandarin. You said Mandarin. Oh, Mandarin. Oh, boy. <laughs>
2: we can bleep that out. Don't worry. Amy. No, leave it
1: in.
0: No. I speak Taiwanese, too. All right. Oh, there's <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Oh, okay. All I right. I
1: wasn't all the way yeah. wrong. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I taught there, and meanwhile, while I was there in Taiwan, I kept applying. Well, I kept asking for additional information from nursing schools. I didn't know that I had applied to College of Southern Idaho, but one day on a phone call with my mother, we had been talking and I was just catching her up with what was going on with me on the island. And uh, towards the end of our conversation, she says, well, hey, where is this uh, College of Southern Idaho? I says, well, that's in Twin Falls. Well, you got into their nursing program, it looks like, but you have until I think today or tomorrow to answer Wait, so
1: (laughs) by accident you got into nursing school?
0: Uh, Not by accident. Uh, I Hadn't planned on reapplying for another couple of years. I was really enjoying where I was at.
1: Oh, okay. So there was intention.
0: Oh, yes. And the whole trip. So the the reason why I ended up with a, a degree in health education and public health at Idaho State University was because I kept trying to get into their nursing program. Okay. And I couldn't get in, couldn't get in, couldn't get in. And so I walked into the dean's office, uh, for health education. And I, I asked him, Hey, how in the world do I get a degree? I've been here for five years. Um, I need a degree. I need to start making money. Yeah. And, um, I will be forever grateful for that man. He, uh, sat down with me, he said, you know what, your background with all of these classes, that's going to be very beneficial. I need you to take an active role, though, in this group that you I'm going to set you in with and you'll graduate at the end of the year. That man was a godsend for me. I got my degree. And, um, yeah, I guess the rest is history. So, there, initially, you had asked how I got to Duke. So, um, I... Graduated eventually from College of Southern Idaho's nursing program. By the way, while I was there, quick shout out to my wife. I met my wife the very first day of nursing school. Wow. And uh, less than seven weeks later, we were married. Whoa. Yeah, hot woman.
2: So when Good you know, customer. you know. Hot <laughs> woman. <laughs> when you know, when you know. I, I like that, you know. Uh, yeah. You, you're the second person that we've had in, in, in our show. Yeah. That said that on the first day of college. They met their wife, Dr. Yep. Holberg. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did. Yes. He actually did. He and, did say and the, that. And the one rule that his mom told him was like, do not fall in love on your first day of school. And he did exactly that. So that's funny that you guys did that.
1: So, yeah, I, I'm i just kind of blown away. Like you just, you're over in a different country and then your mom's like, oh, well, you need to call because you got accepted mm-hmm. by today. And so you just made a phone call and, and booked it back. Mm-hmm. Met your wife. Happily Ever After.
0: Yeah. 17 years.
1: Wow. Yeah. I like that love story.
0: Yeah. So I worked as a floor nerd. Well, I had to wait for a year for my wife to graduate. So I worked in Twin Falls at a long-term care, um, transitional care, memory care facility. Mm. And after just a short little while, they asked me to be their house supervisor that was pretty cool, especially for just a brand new nurse. I got no kidding to learn some.
1: So, you really are smart. Well, <laughs> just a yes. <laughs> I, just, I just got
0: plugged into some nice you were just opportunities there at the right time. I, that's very right. Well prepared. I think you're very smart. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, uh, not long after that, then when my wife graduated, we moved to California cuz it just pays better to be a nurse yeah. over there at least than it did and i got to work my dream job doing oncology that was my first love in nursing so
2: excited i'm i'm glad that somebody loves that so is it oncology what is oncology maybe i'm wrong what is oncology it- so, yeah. oncology is
0: cancer. cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: okay, no, like, I thought it was the other one, the, the one with the butts where you go and what is that called? The butts? You know, when you go in there. Uh, <laughs> is it, no, what is it called? Proctology? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think nurses like <laughs>
0: proctology. <laughs> <laughs> nurses yeah. might well, wipe butts, but <laughs> they don't like to to wave through butts. Well, uh, com- oh, my God. Completely <laughs> off topic there.
2: Whoa! <laughs> but. Holy <laughs> moly. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Love oncology. No. Yeah. But, yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh. But that's a really hard place for nurses to work. It's exhausting. I, I mean, oncology, it has its highs, but it has a lot of lows. So good for you that you <clears throat> you could be that because I don't know a lot of nurses that ever said, I can't wait to work in oncology.
0: Maybe it's a calling. I don't know. Yeah. So that was super exciting for me. Um while i was there i wanted to be the best oncology nurse that i could be so i ended up getting my ocn certification my oncology certified nurse that was amazing i went to national conference for our chapter of oncology nurses that was pretty amazing also and more than that I worked with a great group of physicians, had a fantastic manager, and they ended up having me help run tumor boards and doing additional things to really better understand my craft. And after a little bit, a couple of my doctor friends ended up pulling me aside and said, Jay... Like, we love you as a nurse.
1: They said you were smart, huh?
0: But you you need to be like a PA or an <laughs> NP. They <laughs> said he's smart. So <laughs> you, you need to get that figured out. And I hadn't really thought that far ahead. I liked being a nurse. It's pretty hard to argue with a fun three-day work week, and that's full-time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four days off.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and before you hit uh, any further, what is the difference or what is a PANP for those who, who are listening? <clears throat> so a PA
0: works directly underneath a, a physician's license okay. and they get to do a lot of awesome things. PAs are wicked awesome. And NPs, very similar to PAs, However they have that nursing background, they're taught a little bit different theory. Um, and I'm not saying that there are PAs or physicians that don't look at patients as a whole, but nurses really are taught to look at the whole person, mm-hmm. everything that's going on in their life, and it, it's hammered into us from day one being a floor nurse. And it's super hammered into us as uh, nurse practitioners doing any advanced practice nursing.
1: Yeah, I was kind of explained the PA just looks at the problem.
2: That's that's a very Type A way to say it. But you put him in the box. No, I, 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 mean, I mean, if
1: I had if like, I had it explained to me, they said, well, it's just kind of looking at a an acute, like just just direct, very tunnel vision sort of. Where, like, nurse practitioning is, like, more holistic and it's all well-rounded. That's just what yeah. I was told. The I way, don't have an opinion because I don't really know. I just was. Yeah.
2: The way I see it is also, like, social work and licensed professional counselors. They are very focused on, on one thing, right? And that is the counseling, you know, route. Versus a social worker, we're, like, that, like, you have to look at this holistic way of, of things. They're both right. There's yeah, wrong. I didn't,
1: yeah, there's no um, wrong way.
2: But that's how when people explain, it, I'm like, well, I'm in social work. That's why I guess I'll be a nurse practitioner because it's kind of in my DNA. All I have to add is the nursing part into it. For part. me, I'm just grateful to be able to take care of patients. So. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: so that's, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I can't, why can't we all just be called healthcare professionals? We are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Like, why are there more titles? <laughs> so,
2: you know, a big thing of why why, why wanted to bring Jay is, Because he's been working closely with the Adolescent um, Unit. Um, Which
1: we also work closely with the Adolescent Unit. Yeah.
2: And I have a background in working with Reaction Attachment Disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of those kids who I've gotten to know very well in their families come from an an adoption. Uh, They've been adopted. um, Or there's always been this attachment between parents ages 0 to 3. That's the main attachment. And it is the most – there's no treatment for RAD in Idaho, first of all. There just isn't. So if you want to have, like, residential treatment for RAD, you have to go outside of Idaho. If anyone sees the RAD diagnosis, they run away from it. They won't accept the kid. I mean, that's how – how RAD is seen in the state of Idaho? Well,
0: it's very hard to make the diagnosis in the first place.
2: It's a combination of a lot of things, a lot of diagnosis.
1: Yeah. What, what, what is your like take on that of diagnosing RAD, RAD um, kids?
2: For me,
0: as a psychiatric provider, i I would take my time making sure that that's a diagnosis that I would even want to put down in the first place.
2: It's a very, very intrusive diagnosis that when I would see it, the first thing I would do is set him up with the St. Luke's Neuro or uh, Northwest uh, Neuro Behavioral Health because it's such a a huge label that you put on this tiny human Mm -hmm. that it it carries on. It's a stigma.
0: Mm, So uh, with the diagnoses, I like them more instead of to be stigmas because I think that's very much a cultural thing when we talk about mental health. Oh, you have depression? Oh, you have bipolar? I tell a lot of my patients, I think that's a bad way to look at it. I like calling them recipes. So government has spent literally millions and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars trying to figure out some of these things. Let's take PTSD, for example. Right? You already talked about my Air Force history. Love, love, love my military history. Love, love, love my military people. Um, It is a time in my life that I'm so grateful that I got to experience. However, uh, when talking about stuff like PTSD, government has literally spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to figure out how best to treat this. And so if you have PTSD or bipolar or any of this other stuff uh, with PTSD specifically, we know best treatment is SSRI, SNRI, uh, like Effexor, Prozac, Celexa, Lexapro, uh, Paxil, in addition to CBT, DBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, they're, they're good cousins, EMDR. Mm-hmm. But we also know things to stay away from uh, like uh, benzodiazepines, alcohol, marijuana.
2: Yeah.
1: Because they're highly, with PTSD, you see that they have highly addictive personalities or they are easily fallen into like... Well,
2: it actually makes stuff worse. It activates certain things, which is, I guess, hypervigilance on Mm -hmm. on things, right? You you tend Mm -hmm. to focus more on things perhaps that you shouldn't. Yep. So just like with the recipe,
0: uh, recipe with like hypertension, um, we use hypertension medications. Uh, same thing with PTSD, we use PTSD medications. Mm-hmm. So we stick to the recipe. Uh, I think with um, diagnosing stuff uh, instead of the stigma, it's just, this is just a recipe for how we get stuff figured out. We take all the available research that's out there in the ether and in journals and whatever, and we compile that all together and we go through and collate all of that and we figure out what is the best way moving forward so that we can best affect
2: this in a positive way.
1: I feel like that takes the stress or the pressure off of people being like, something's wrong with me. You know?
2: In in A lot of times, you know, these kids get put on RAD diagnosis and you'd ask the parent, like, do you even, under- do you even know what RAD is? And they're like, no. All I know is that my kid is being destructive. Mm-hmm. Right. They only see the behavior part mm-hmm. that they at that point, they don't even care about what diagnosis the kid has. All they ask for is help. Help mm-hmm. my kid. And as a therapist, one of my things is, okay, and if we're going to help your kid, how do we take this diagnosis off because it's limiting our, our, our way to help you because there's a lot of Even hospitals happens. that they see rad and they'll just, boop, deny you. There's, there's counseling centers that if they see rad, they'll deny you. They'll, they won't tell you that you're denied. They'll just say, oh, you know, waiting list. You're, you're there, you're there. Because they're difficult. they are kids who just- I
1: like those kids when I take care of them. They're so good.
2: And that's the thing. And that's the thing. They do so well in inpatient. Because it's Then they
1: should stay there and I'll take care of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. Well, a lot
0: of that has to do with the care that they're getting. Mm-hmm. It's routines.
2: Very predictable.
0: Structure.
1: Yeah. And sometimes oh, and they don't yes. have that. That's yes. been
0: part of the issue with why they got to
1: where they got. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to go back to, like, your history even before college and your lovely, like, finding your wife story, like... What's, what's like, where did you come from at the very beginning? Because I know that I know of some things and yeah, like where did i all start and why did you get into mental health? Because you worked in oncology. Uh, I, mean, that was 10 questions. <clears throat> I know I do that. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. So brief synopsis with all of it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So uh, I was born on Kinchlow Air Force Base in Michigan. I used to tease my mother. That she was protecting us from the invading Canadians because it's right there on the <laughs> Michigan Canada border. Right. Yeah. In Upper Michigan. Okay. So, long story short, my biological father was not a good guy. And we ended up may- having to make a hasty move to California. And. I got raised by an amazing single mother for a while, and eventually my mother ended up uh, moving to, or moving us to uh, Idaho to be with some Air Force friends, be near them. She actually worked for Idaho Power for a little while, and then she met... A good guy and uh, he ended up adopting me as part of his family and uh, I wasn't the easiest kid growing up so I grew up at a time where ADD was a brand new diagnosis so when you think of those ADD ADHD kids that literally can't sit still that was me like I was in class constantly in trouble. I was a problem kid. I am 100% positive that I made it from kindergarten to seventh grade because the teacher literally did not want me in their class. Now, did I pick up reading? <laughs> yes, I picked up reading. I, great the parents, basic. great parents who mostly patient with me and i am forever grateful for their love and their help about 6th grade um i found finally finally one thing that i was good at and that was running and thereafter i i had an activity that i could put a lot of my energy into and I ended up being successful enough with that, that I ended up getting lots of scholarships, not for academic ability, but for athletic ability. Um, For that I ended up going to Idaho State University, and then College of Southern Idaho, short hiatus there in Taiwan, came back, excuse me, well that was um, before College of Southern Idaho. Uh, I was a nurse for a while. Then I went to Duke University to get my FNP and I did primary care. My wife said, I am not paying this tuition. You need to get this junk figured out because uh, <laughs> I'm not paying for it. So, Air Force was more than happy to pick up that tab. I got the opportunity to serve at some of the very best bases. I did commissioned officer training so i actually went in as a commissioned officer there in montgomery alabama
1: Alabama. montgomery alabama Alabama.
0: Alabama. (laughs) and uh, then moved with my family to omaha nebraska the world's best zoo y'all world's best zoo and some of the best people in the whole wide world College World Series is there every year. Amazing. Um, However, after serving in the Air Force, I'm really condensing this. Yeah. Um, After serving in the Air Force for a little while, my wife rolled over one day in bed and she said, you know, I would prefer if you never deployed ever, ever again. Air Force is always going to be around. And had some of my great experiences there ended up deciding to get out and uh ended up moving to Winnemucca Nevada what's a winnemucca
2: what, what is that even hey a i was thing? born in nevada
1: <laughs> pretty close to winnemucca actually yeah? really where well, at- i was born in elko elko nevada i love elko you i do? love winnemucca so, I like when I win playing cards and a lot of money oh, when I'm in Elko. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I gotta see myself <laughs>
0: Winnemucca is one of the most amazing places in the whole wide world it for is. me and my family, and some of the most just down to earth and beautiful people. And you would never know, just teeny tiny place. Uh-huh. And most people just drive through it because yep. it's a long eighty. Anyways, now. We're getting directly to your question. Thank you for the little leeway. (laughs) There was a month. It was uh, October, I believe, of 2017, 2018. And there were 10 suicides that month. None of them related. Wow. Wow. 10 suicides in a town of 8,000.
1: That's incredible.
0: There were a few of them that I knew, one that I didn't, and that one actually affected me the most. Little 13-year-old girl. She had been bullied at school. She just this classic case of huge depression and people are, are kind of trying, but they don't really understand. And suddenly one day, She was answering all of the teacher's questions, became the teacher's pet, went home, brushed out her mama's hair, gave everybody kisses, was just lovey-dovey, and the next morning they found her, (coughs) and she had hung herself with the drawstring to her pajama bottoms.
1: It's It's that easy.
0: It's that easy, but she had just decided that day that she was done. And my mama always said, can't complain about something unless you're willing to do something about it. I like that. And I say that. I like that. So I knew that our tiny town of Winnemucca was never, ever going to get a psychiatrist out there. And so since I was going to be that change and I was there to be that change and be that person for Winnemucca, I went back to school. I got to use... My post nine eleven GI Bill was awesome.
1: Oh yeah, they and up. so I went Backab. back to
0: school and went back to Duke the second time. Wow! Wow! So, so you're a double double, a double double. Oh!
1: <laughs> so now you double dip.
2: <laughs> I gotta get on some of that. <laughs>
0: so I am eternally grateful to Duke for allowing me to be there twice. I'm grateful that I get the opportunity now
2: to be a clinical consultant for them.
1: Oh, you are yeah, i, am. I did see
2: that I, I, on linkedin and what what is that like what is it like I, I, it sounds like a fancy title
0: no, uh, so basically, if they need help with student simulations, well, I have my faculty lead yeah. sean Convoy, is his name, great guy, again, another beautiful human being uh he he said we just need to get you spun up we need to get you your doctorate we need to get you teaching classes and for for right now i'm good where i'm at i'm good just being a, a helper bee. okay
2: but but that's 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 a niche <laughs> well, right can, is that that's, is it a niche to, to take it to the next level
0: uh, oh well this this is the level that I like being at right now
2: right now right did you get that guy
1: from uh, last <laughs> week on here the yeah. level up guy <laughs> level up guy level <laughs> up you know your wife's We're I like you're about to be your soundboard right now yeah. jay <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but but I like that you know I
1: do too I like I like that you're like I want to be right here cuz this is where I need to be and I feel good doing it
2: and I like that because sometimes there's difference between being complacency yes and being um oh, what's the word Dang, I'm losing the complacency and just content and when people hear content just they assume it's something bad and i'm like no when you retire you should be content with that that's where you should just rest um and and when i hear your story i hear that i hear that like I'm, this is where i'm supposed to be in life and i'm okay with that until a niche comes Kind of like your story right in, in in your town, that something happened, and when something happens and you get an niche, and you don't you do move. something about it, that's when you're gonna get burned out mm-hmm. because life is saying move, move, move. move. so um, but I don't appreciate that the the uh, the the ability to to recognize I'm okay here, I'm okay, so yeah well
1: I'm, oh my gosh, you're such like one of the what well, I don't know, I have so much respect for you as a provider. You're so, I can't believe you said you had ADHD. You're one of the most patient, calmest providers or people actually.
0: Caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) So there was
1: a time, I think
0: I I was in uh, fifth grade and I won't say my teacher's name, but one day she had just had enough of me, screamed at me and the whole class was shocked since I'd been screamed at a lot I wasn't too shocked (laughs) but she told me to go to the principal's office so I was marched down to the principal's office the principal was in a meeting so she went into the vice principal's office I just remember it being so loud I could hear almost every word very clear behind closed doors and she left and I was just sitting outside the door, and the vice principal—he uh, looked at me and he says, "Well, you have in-house suspension for the next week." Like, <laughs> oh, what did I do? I was just looking for my 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 math uh, my math stuff that I had done. I I knew that I had put it in one of my notebooks, but because I was ADD, I wasn't organized. I didn't know where I had put it, and just taken for forever and. She just had enough. But that was just kind of par for course for me. So I was in-house suspension for a week. <laughs> I
2: I was the terror.
1: I just uh, can't uh, imagine that. Yeah. I cannot imagine that.
2: I like that. I like that story.
1: And I'm also like blown away that your passion was oncology. And because life just moved you in different places that you, and like one incident just like projected you into A whole different field. Did you ever think that you would work in mental health?
0: Oh, so uh, that's some other stories right there. (laughs) So
1: Well, we don't have that much time. (laughs) So
0: no, I never thought that I would work in mental health. So let's rewind back to when I was a floor nurse. Um, I was at Mercy Medical Center in Redding. Amazing hospital, great people there. And that's where I was doing oncology. Well, one day I'm... Brand new nurse there and I'm rounding on my patients and I'm getting stuff done. It's still early in my shift. And this guy walks into one of my patient rooms. I assumed he was family. Frumpy, white hair, curly, all kind of off to one side. It was not put together. His clothes looked like they'd been on the floor for ages. Who knows if they were clean. Mm. And I was like, man... My patient's got some weird family. And so (laughs) I finish in rounding on my patients and then I go into that patient's room and she's got great big old eyes. And Jay, who was that? Oh, man. I was so scared. I was like, "Oh <laughs> no! I, I, I don't know who that was." He was asking me all sorts of intrusive questions, and oh dear. So I was like, "Uh, uh, uh," not not to my patient. So I ran to the nurses' station. I said, "Hey, did anybody see that guy with white hair that was all kind of off to one side in the frumpy clothes?" I thought it was a family member, and the nurses started laughing at me. Oh boy! I was like, "Oh, he crud. was from the psych unit, wasn't he?" What do I not know? Jay, that's the staff psychiatrist. Oh, boy. Mm. What? Oh, Please. But you guys know with, yeah. with mental health, like there's crazy cat ladies. Yeah. Yes. There's oh, crazy yes. cat ladies. And so um, frequently advice that I give to my oh, patients boy. when you're doing therapy, if it is a person that you feel uncomfortable with, just tell them it's not you. It's me. I just don't feel comfortable. I yeah. need... Go on and do this so when I had decided to go back to Duke um, fast forward to my very first day of being in uh, on campus and there were uh, I was sitting there with my cohort and my professors and everybody's going around the room saying where they're from and what they're gonna do and everybody is painting this amazing and rosy picture and Then they get to me. (laughs) I was the last person. And I told them just straight up, uh, I just want to make sure that I make the right diagnosis. I want to make sure that my patients have the right diagnosis and that I get them set up with the right treatment plan for them going forward. Yeah. Crickets. Oh, boy. (laughs) And... The head of the program, her name was Pam Wall, great gal, and she she says, "Jay, what about doing therapy?" Oh, oh no, I don't want to listen to people's problems. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, I think I almost got kicked out of the program right <laughs> oh, then and there on the gosh. first day. Um, fortunately, they were quite forgiving. I don't and, to <laughs> <laughs> Well, when yeah. my background was what it was, yes. yeah and so um, fortunately uh, they talked with me and they told me that while i was in duke's program i was going to learn cognitive behavioral therapy i was going to do therapy because of that i actually set up preceptor uh, when i was doing studies to make sure that i learned some therapy and it it's something that i use to this day now Mm -hmm. Cognitive behavioral therapy yo. Mm-hmm. it's awesome,
2: yeah yeah and, I, and one of the things I appreciate about about Jay is the you take the time you take the time to to sit with the client and make him feel comfortable you don't just come in and go straight to it yeah, you don't just go right? down the
1: the checklist
2: and check 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 and if I have a question about mm-hmm. anything i don't I don't know if you remember this, but i I asked you about What's that medication? I always forget, but it's the one used for pain. Uh, uh, gabapentin. Gabapentin, and I, I asked you, hey, can you explain what gabapentin is? Because there is a lot of people who are using drugs with gabapentin, um, but I want to understand kind of the background of it. And then you explained it, and I was like, I know he's. Like, uh, I-, I like that, and you may- and you explained it in a way. And I'm not saying you dumbed it down to me, but you understood how to communicate that to me versus just communicating one way to everybody. So, and I've noticed that throughout your, since working with you is that you treat everybody as, and you kind of get to their level. There's no hierarchy. There's no power dynamics. You just kind of like, whew, you sit in it with them. And and I was a designated examiner for the state of Idaho. And I remember the first, the first time I, I called you, <laughs> oh boy we went at it like we i think we went at it for you know for a bit because i said you know let him go and he's like no and i'm like yes and you're like no and, and then I, and th- <laughs> i'm about to microphone yeah. blush <laughs> <laughs> and then like i don't know an hour later two hours later i i see your your phone call again and i'm like what's he want now right You oh, no. ar- already say he's not gonna let him go like what, what else can he do but but you called and regardless of what the outcome was, cause I don't remember what the outcome, it was that you took the time to call. And to you, the important thing was, yes, the, the patient, but also our relationship as, as colleagues. And from that day on, I think my, my energy towards you shifted. <laughs> and, 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 That's how he
1: swooned you, Mo. But, he uh, but, swooned but, you. But
2: I think when I met, I think there was a lot of... Uh, because we have a lot of uh, your energy, my energy. I think it was initially... A little bit tight. And then that made it even worse. And then, but when you called, <laughs> it made me see you as a human and, and respect what you did. And after that, that's when I started asking questions like, hey, Jay, explain this to me. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So it opened the door for, for me to learn. Um, and, if, and if I'm sitting across from you as, as a client, I can respect that. I can respect that. I can ask you a question and, and you're not going to give me an answer that goes over my head.
1: Yeah. And doesn't make you feel foolish.
2: Yeah. So um,
1: I could say the same thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and working with kids, I think it, it brings a different side of you. <laughs> like, I feel like you just and what I mean, you make it fun for them in, in some ways and you make it fun for staff and you listen to staff. So I, I do appreciate that from you.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that. I just don't see any way of treating patients without us all working together, honestly.
1: Yeah. yeah and they're part of that process too, not like we're just gonna give you a list of things to do Mm -hmm. and then give you a bunch of medications to take like they're part of their plan like you let them make decisions and I think that's really important and that's kind of where that's that's kind of how like I I try to practice too, where I'm like well these are your decisions let's Mm -hmm. do them together I have information and I'm educated but ultimately, it's only going to work if you're willing to and if you understand it. So.
2: And you yeah. always have somebody with you. Like you always have. Like, And I always call them shadows. Yeah, right? Students. But you always have a student. And, and I like that because a lot of people can have shadows, but they don't want to. They don't want to teach the next one. So I appreciate that. And. You, your ability to be open to that because I'm going to need that person one day. And I'm not saying, Hey, sign me up. <laughs> <But, laughs> I'm like, say, sign but, me up. No, I'm just kidding. But, but people like you are, are needed to be able to teach to the next generation. Um, because it shouldn't be all about meds. Just because you're a nurse practitioner, it shouldn't just be med driven. It should be very holistic and saying, well, oh, okay. Like sometimes you do have to take the, the meds <laughs> and, 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 and that's when, when when they they...
1: have to be part of the plan they have to be part of what's going on with them because it doesn't matter if you prescribe the medications in an inpatient facility they don't have to take them when they leave and we don't follow them so that's my that's one of my fears is that i will have kids for you know a couple weeks because sometimes they're extended time and that's fine but we get them started on these medications and it's very dangerous for them to stop taking them cold turkey and i that's a, that's a fear of mine that something will go even worse for them than when they originally came in. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. or my
0: favorite. Uh, I've been taking medications and I'm all better now. Right. <laughs>
1: so I feel better. I don't need this anymore. I graduated I from I
2: graduated from counseling.
1: <laughs> yeah. What? I know. I know it's but what it's grade? but in <laughs> adolescents like they don't they they really don't have the mental ca- capacity or they they haven't like developed enough to be able to really get it until it happens. It's not really real Prefrontal
0: cortex. Right. So it's
1: not really real for them until it's really real. And I'm like, it's very important that you know this before you go home. So I need you to be part of this plan. You need to make these commitments or talk to your provider and let them know. I have no intention. I'm just doing what I'm told until I got to go.
2: Jay, what advice would you give to yourself around the age of, let's say nine or 10? Oh, um, well, sit
1: still. Ooh. just sit still. <laughs> well, no, I'm pretty sure. I got that advice a lot from a lot of people. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know that I could give myself advice back then, to, if I'm being completely honest at 9, 10, 11, 12, just because God, I probably didn't have the ability to remember that. Yeah. It was just in one ear, out the other, and I was just kind of bouncing off the wall. Yeah. Still, <laughs> like I was a good natured kid, yeah, and um, always best intentions. But as far as squirrel,
1: squirrel, yeah, it was I there. Like, I feel like I'm still a squirrel a little bit. I feel like you're a squirrel.
2: Um, I've been a squirrel. I didn't get medicated until I was twenty seven, twenty eight. Which <laughs> I, I went I'm, I'm when I saw my psychologist. He asked, "How are you still alive?" And how are you still involved in school because you shouldn't? And I'm like, I don't know either, but but it made it a huge difference. 1.8 GPA out of high school and 2.0 GPA out of college. I got on medication and I graduated with a 3.9 GPA. I wish somebody would have made life a bit easier. Um, but culturally, you don't get medicated because you're crazy. And in my culture, you just don't. It's not mm-hmm. socially accepted. And if you do, you tend to be more of, you know, you have a lot of money that you can hide it away from from others. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were never that that and, and let alone I don't think my family was focused on on that component. I was that kid. I had soccer that that created that dopamine in, in, mm-hmm. in my brain. But when I tore my SCA on college, that's when phew, I tanked and and life was very hard. And and then here I am now being a uh professional you say but i think it's 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 life it's it's people like like jay that for some reason we're out there and, and we yeah. we allow ourselves to be present yeah
1: because i want to know why why didn't you become like a track star why didn't you become something athletic how did if you were so terrible at school how come you just didn't go the sports route
0: so i did go the sports route um so well, that goes back again. So I know. I'm always going back. I'm
1: like, <laughs> Take it back. I, Take it back.
0: I was Idaho state champion for the 400 meters three years oh, in that's a row. awful.
2: 400, I think it's got to be the <laughs> hardest one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the hardest one to do. I did track in middle school, and that was, oh, I did it once, and I, I was never again. So if you for, for you to win state, that, that takes a lot of stamina. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, So, again,
0: that got me into university. And at university, I was coming back from an injury. I had a severe knee injury. And uh, as I was rehabbing from that, I had a real talk with myself as I was getting better. Hey, I I can be kind of good with track. I, I don't think that I could have been Olympic good, even if I'd a focused and been amazing. There's just some people that just have amazing talent and amazing bodies. They develop lactic acid slower than everybody else. Some people are just able to utilize their muscle fibers better. I was good. I just wasn't Olympic amazing good. And I knew that for my life, it didn't matter about money. I knew that I would never be happy unless I was helping somebody. And so that's when I knew that I needed to adjust my focus from just being a track star J to actually hitting the books and getting to understand stuff and getting, getting school figured out.
1: So just took a decision, and then you focused on took a on process. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. It's
2: always we. I guess it, our stories. I was like ah, very easy, but it sounds like there was. I I know professionally. I I had that decision because I got hurt too, and it was the worst decision. I mean, it is. But looking back, it's the best decision.
1: It's it's so interesting how life will hit you like a dump truck, and then like you get knocked down, and it's. Shocking, like sometimes heartbreaking, honestly, because you think one thing, and then something else happens, and for some reason you just go with it, and then life becomes like amazing, something you didn't even like, something beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, because I feel like I've been in—I've shared my story before too. I had this great plan, and I was—I was on track, and then boom, like it was like a
2: how did that go again
1: Yeah, i was like i don't i'm not gonna like these. remember yeah.
2: that one time you said people can't see that people can't see that
1: i know it, well they it, well they they heard it and it's not even as great as how it looks you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not good at yeah good at that kind of stuff but it was like a meteor like hit my like hit my house and like everything just like blew up and shattered in pieces that was my life and then what has come of it is nothing i expected and it was overwhelming, but I also am like a huge believer. I have a, um, I have a huge faith in Jesus Christ, and I literally prayed to God for anything, but what, you know, what was left. You know, like I was, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, and and I live by this, you know, this thing where I say, I uh, I feel like I'm in places where God wants me to be when He wants me to be there. And I listened to him and I listened to the faith and I'm, it's never my plan. It's always like it's his plan because Amy's plan was not working.
2: We know how that turns out.
1: Yeah. 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 So I never thought that I would do that. And then here we are. Yeah. You know? And it's wild.
2: Jay, as you see these two uh, future to be nurse practitioners, what we'll goes through your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. You guys
0: each bring different focus and past and histories to the potential patients that you guys are going to reach right now and in the future. So the amazing thing with nurse practitioners is there's always that past history of nursing. There's always that past history of experience. And it's all about reaching your patient. Right, so you guys talk mm-hmm. about checklists sometimes checklists just have to be done, mm-hmm. and that's fantastic, but in the end we're we're trying to to help a patient change their life. We're trying to help them get their life back on track so uh, my professor, back when I was doing training, um he stopped me one day as I I, I said, well, how can I help you with this? And he he paused whatever simulation was going on right then. He says, what did I just hear you ask? What do you have to do with any of this? You're setting this person up to not have a good experience because now they're going to rely on you. But it's not them that's taking the medication or excuse me. It's not, not you, you that's giving yeah. them the medication They're the one that has to make the decisions for themselves.
1: Right. Yes.
0: And so for like the next month, it took concerted effort for me to drop that from any of my patient discussions because there was a significant amount of realization that went with that. I was asking that question literally because I wanted to help. Yeah. Me being there is helping. Me giving them the options is helping. However in the end it's the patient that has to choose and so you bringing that ability to reach whatever patients you're around in that way i can't think of a greater blessing and benefit to those future patients
2: awesome you guys are great people thank, thank you. you i'm so excited um i've treated this i i started school i barely started school um but I've always said I'm excited about this. Everything through the struggles, I'm excited. So uh thank you for being here. Amy is gonna ask you a question that she asked everybody in our uh as our guests. So, well,
1: I, I just feel like I I needed, you know, I wanted more.
2: Yeah, we like, always want more.
1: I I I, I loved <laughs> how you spent so much time giving shout-outs to people. And I and i think that you're like a book of knowledge and you have i have so much admiration for what you do and your passion i wish i i had a fraction of the smarts and the passion that you have because it's it just there's so much and i think that we yeah. we could spend hours just talking to you
2: absolutely and and i feel like a lot of times where we work there's like a bad name bad reputation to us but when it comes down to it is you know, uh, things do change and we do the things that we can to, to better people's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I meet with parents who have like this and eh, negative thing about where we work, it, I can make that difference. Yep. I can make that difference. Mm-hmm. And it is people like, like you who take the time to meet with patients that little by little, we start changing the things of, of how we're viewed as, as, as a team. And, Amy and I would not have stayed that long if we did not believe that ultimately we can make a change there, and and you're part of that because we see people go and come, go and come, go and come, right? Mm -hmm. And and Amy are like, you know,
1: well, you can tell like walking in a room who's invested, yeah. And when you come and treat our patients, that. I'm very protective over, by the way, <laughs> it's, it, it's a big deal to us. And you can definitely tell that you are invested in what you do. And I'm so appreciative of that. I, I'm yeah. so glad that whatever it took to get to where you are.
2: To get to us, to get yeah, to, to where work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's it, great. It's so worth it. Uh, yeah. And I would say the bigger the mess. The bigger the, bigger the transformation. transformation. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, I think that's, that's what I believe in, and And we're, you're part of that transformation. So I appreciate that.
0: I appreciate you guys saying
2: that.
1: Yeah, so I do ask one question before we go. Um, Is there anything that we missed or you had on your mind that you really wanted to share with our listeners? Any like words of wisdom, famous quotes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just grateful to be on this podcast. Grateful to help you guys make a positive difference, both in our community and in the people that you reach. Um, Thanks for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate it.
2: Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, and uh, you'll see a lot more of us, probably, So either yeah. as a student or as a... Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm really
1: interested to see if there's any way to come back and talk about those diagnoses, like we were trying yeah. to get onto that RAD mm-hmm. um, diagnosis, and people that struggle with adopting kids at a young age, yeah. and, and the struggles that they don't understand that come with kids that are adopted from yeah. different, you know, different walks of life. So, um, if we had more time, we could, but hopefully we can get, get you back on the show so you can talk about that.
2: Absolutely. So
1: have a good week. Happy Monday. And we'll see you next time.
0: Adios. Thank you, everybody.